0: Welcome to the quarter to three movie podcast for World War Z. <laughs>
1: Big old Jed had a light on
0: My name is Tom Chick, and I am here to discuss World War Z with you, the listener, and Christian Malinsky. Yeah, you can just call me Boutros Boutros. <laughs> and with our World War Z tagline, Kelly Wand.
2: Z-minus. <laughs>
0: oh, Maybe a spoiler. I don't know. I don't know that we want to uh, actually Depends talk on what Your take
2: is on math, isn't it?
0: That's a good point. But before we get to math, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, we uh, – Dingus and I saw this movie at a place that only shows three trailers. Two of the trailers we sort of knew they would be big summer blockbusters, but the third trailer – is, was for the sequel to Anchorman. Kelly Wand, have you seen any of the Anchorman 2 trailers or teasers or anything? Uh, the one where they're on a stage. And those that's the level of humor you can expect in Anchorman 2. How do you feel about that, Kelly Wand? The whole movie's set on a stage.
2: Well, it's not that stages are bad quality trailer floors.
0: Not so much the <laughs> stage, but the level of humor, like the, some of the jokes in there. Did, did I you can think, remember them. Yeah, well, Very there you helpful. go. Think, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, the new, the new Anchorman trailer shows, uh, it's not just the stage stuff, it's actually more stuff, which I also, man, I'm not sure I can remember any of the jokes from that. Dingus, what's one of the jokes from the new Anchorman 2?
1: Uh, at one point he goes, uh, it's so damn hot, milk was a bad choice. No, that's from Anchorman 1. Yeah. Uh, I think he, I
0: think he looks at the camera and
1: goes, watch this, jerks. What?
0: Oh, you know what? I think one of the jokes from Anchorman 2 is something like, it's my dream to have salon hair and read the news. Doesn't he say something like that? Like when they're trying to talk him back into doing a 24-hour news network thing, and Will Ferrell, in his Will Ferrell voice, says, it's my dream to have salon hair and do 24-hour news. Isn't that a joke from the Anchorman trailer?
1: I think he jumps into a quarry and gets racked.
0: That I would enjoy. By the way, I just want to say uh, that I looked up the cast for Anchorman 2. One of the actors in Anchorman 2, Harrison Ford. Oh, the best actor since The Rock. Well, let me tell you. If you want to know about The Rock's next project, what would you think of a movie in which he – listen to this. Harrison Ford's next project, Anchorman 2. Dwayne Johnson's next project, it's a Hercules movie in which he plays Hercules. And let me tell you some of the other cast members. Rufus Sewell – Ian McShane, and John Hurt. Those are the kinds of people with whom Dwayne Johnson is working, Where is Harrison Ford now working with Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, those guys. Those are the so, kinds of
1: actors they need to prop up a lesser actor. Hey, isn't Harrison Ford working with Orson Scott Card as well?
0: I'm uh, sure he's in some goofy science fiction thing. I'm sure he's doing that kind of thing as well. Uh, I don't remember his character from the book. Not that I know uh, who he plays. Kelly Want guess who's directing the Hercules movie, by the way. In Night Shyamalan? Worse. Keep going. Uh, 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 give me a hint. Uh, wait, wait. I almost no. It's uh, Wolfgang Peterson. No. He, he, part of his last name involves a small rodent. Oh, Paul Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett Ratner. <laughs> Ugh. Dwayne Johnson is in a Brett Ratner Hercules movie, and I just want to say, if you're going to be in a Brett Ratner Hercules movie, you better be a good actor. You better be able to anchor some serious schlock.
1: I thought John, ha- I just thought John Hamster was starting to direct something.
0: <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's TV talk. I don't understand it. Uh- all right, so that, that, that's the that's the latest contribution I have into the ongoing case for whether Harrison Ford or Dwayne Johnson is a better actor. Uh, I once again think that I'm 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 cementing this case. I'm making my case every week. It's getting stronger and stronger. And I'm convinced you guys will come around eventually. I think it's a point against you, but all right. All right, well, you let me know how that anchorman movie is, Kelly Wand.
2: Oh, Brett Ratner, uh, he works with uh, high talent. Wait a
0: minute, <laughs> It's one's which? I'm getting mixed up. Ian McShane and John Hurt, that's all I'm saying, Kelly Wand. You They're need now,
2: more support if your actors labor.
0: It's like Peter O'Toole and Brad Pitt in the, uh, that Wolfgang Peterson Troy movie, that kind of thing. Wait, The Rock wasn't in that. No, but Peter O'Toole and Brad Pitt were. like Peter Or it
2: would have totally pwned as Achilles.
0: Oh, man. I don't even want to think about that, Kelly Wand. You haven't seen him jump in too long. You've jumped the shark. Six days,
2: seven nights.
0: Let's talk briefly then about <laughs> World War Z. Dingus. Briefly. What did, yeah, what, what did we see this week? What happened to us? What what did we what do we endure? What were we subjected to? Well this week well, we saw World
1: War Z <laughs> a uh, two thousand thirteen PG thirteen movie about a UN employee trying to stop a worldwide pandemic. It was directed by Mark Forrester and written by Babylon 5. Wait, no. Keep going. By The Kingdom. No, Keep going. wait. Keep going. No, it's written by Lost. No, hold on. Uh, no, it was written by Cabin in the Woods. It was uh, based on a novel by Max Brooks. Whatever, it stars Brad Pitt, Marielle Enos, Daniela Cortez, James Badgedale, and Peter Capaldi. Uh, Wolf- World War's... Is rated PG-13 for intense, frightening zombie sequences, violence, and disturbing images, and no mm. language.
0: There's <laughs> not there's not some language in this movie. The language is zombie safe. Uh, on uh, Metacritic, World War Z is at 62. That's the average rating from various really? reviews. Okay. Wow. Yep, really? On Rotten Tomatoes. The percentage of reviews that are positive, 67% of reviews of World War Z are positive. Uh, So doing far better than Superman at this point. I'm sorry, Man of Steel. Uh, By the way, I noticed uh, sometimes I'll just sort of. Tinker around on Rotten Tomatoes. You can either look at the general overview of reviews or you can click top critics. And presumably they're going to be more discriminating. They're going to be a little harsher. You know, they've seen more movies. They've been, they've been around the block a few times. They're not going to be so easy to dole out the positive reviews. So Rotten Tomatoes, World War Z is at 67. If you click on top critics, 71%. Uh. So the smarter you are, the more of a professional movie critic you are, the more likely you are to like World War Z.
2: The smarter you are, the better it is.
0: Uh, on, in terms of commercially, uh, unfortunately for World War Z, a Pixar movie opened this weekend. A Pixar movie has never opened at anything less than number one uh, for its opening weekend. So Monsters University got the number one spot this weekend. World War Z handily came in at number two. There was actually some discussion about whether or not Superman's second, second or third week Maybe in third week would uh, would beat World War Z or not? World War Z actually performed fairly well. It made a cool $66 million on Ugh. its opening weekend. Dave, hey, the same as the rating
2: or the same as the Metacritic?
0: Uh, it's very similar to its Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Kelly, one, what does that tell us?
2: Well, the Rotten Tomatoes was 67. And Metacritic was 66. I think Metacritic's insane, and Rotten Tomatoes is spot on.
0: Metacritic is 62, and Metacritic itself has no say in what these numbers are. It's simply an aggregate of other reviewers. What's aggregate mean? (laughs) It's a very fancy word. Uh, Kelly Wand, now that we've talked the math and the basics, (laughs) I want some insight (laughs) into this movie. Kelly Wand, Uh, what I want from you is a World War Zopsis. Ah, good work. You got it. Sweet. So, Kellywan, I want you to drive it like you stole it.
2: Shit, people might have said during World War Z. I wasn't listening. Daddy, can I have a dog? Sure, sweet pea, but only if we kill and stuff him first. Yay! And in sports and weather news, PG-13 zombies keep blowing shit up in New York. (laughs) And everywhere. Guess they think grenades are brains, huh, viewers? Now here's Tom with lotto numbers. Daddy, what's p G thirteens? Means I can only say fuck once and can't smoke at all, sweetie. Even though lung cancer will turn out to keep zombies away. Does fucking count? I don't know, sweetie. Daddy's not a scientist like the MPAA. Or am I? I think I'm a sniper, baby doll. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy wasn't listening, okay? Now to finish up your fruit loops, we gotta be at the airport sometime this weekend. I forget why. Wow, honey, did you see that? A truck plowed into that cop for no reason, but there wasn't any blood. Actually, the camera cut away from the action so fast, I couldn't even tell what happened. (laughs) Is Lindelof the cinematographer, too? (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me the whole movie's not going to be like this. I don't know if I want What's-Her-Face and whatever our other daughter's name is exposed to visual ambiguity at 13. (laughs) And it's a war movie. Warrior movie please tell me at least one of us dies i mean eat zombies what do we do too bad i don't have any skills or traits except worry huh that's why i married you if we're married once you stop listening
1: it's hard to start i mean
2: yeah hang in there edna let me call my black friend
1: (laughs) hey i didn't even notice that guy was black
2: Uh, I skipped writing The Black Friend for now. <clears throat> nice moves, Essay, staring at me until I let your family in my apartment here and shut the door. You want my wife or a crevisa? You look hungry, too. How about some refried brains? Is this training day? <laughs> yeah, what's going on right now? Your daughters need a foot massage. doesn't have to be beat. Uh, yes to all except the Cerveza. Listen up, Jose. Vaya con Dios. That's whatever your language is, for movement is life. Although I guess the zombies move too, huh? Faster even. Not sure what you guys had in mind with that motto. See, this is why it's better to have white actors as leads in Global Apocalypse Anyway, come with us to the roof. I think there's room for none of you, but we could use human shields. <laughs> I mean, life's really about the journey, or as we say in your tongue, vaya con Dios, a la carte. What's that mean, by the way? I don't speak Spanish. Fucking hate those people. No offense. Zombies are worse in some ways. <laughs> uh, should have stopped when I was ahead. <laughs> nice work, Pit. We gave up all our families to save yours because we need your help saving the human race. Fuck you. Damn it, Pitt. We just let two million people die going back to your daughter's teddy bear. Whatever. That <laughs> don't help losers. Damn it, Pitt, you're the best (laughs) self-ejector. I don't know if I can read anymore. Oh. You're the best self-ejector and volume detector we've ever deployed to Serbia. Although this next stop involves riding bicycles in the rain. (laughs) Our top egg-hegs are finishing... Fuck. (laughs) Egg-hegs? Our top eggheads finishing up the baskets and training wheels now. <laughs> wheels? All right, I'm in. It's only if my sidekick, Bahita, gets to come. And we lose another million. Damn it, Pitt. Good to have you back, wherever we are. The shield helicarrier? I wasn't <laughs> listening. Damn it, Pit. Same old, same old, you old son of a gun. Tell me something I don't know, buddy. Just like old times, that's more like it. That was all necessary, huh? Hey, guys, look at me. I'm Abe Vigoda from Scarface. You dirty rats. Bang, bangs! Oh, leave the cannoli. I could have been Italian, huh, dudes? Yeah, all right. Fita. Take it easy there. I think my banana peel missed the garbage. What? No. Oh, no, because he trips over the banana peel. Remember that guy who dies? <laughs> oh. Remember he trips Ape, and shoots himself? Ape, Ape I'm, tr- tr- I'm Sam- just right.
1: still hung up on Abe Vigoda, but go ahead. Yeah, because he's playing with the gun.
2: Yes. No, God, I that was implied from the absolute silence. <laughs> Rest in peace, old friend. You'll be vaguely remembered. I don't swear it. Guys, keep a sharp eye out. Zadar is picking up a passel of bogeys on your six. And everywhere else especially. Also, Brad has that line about them keying off a sound. So whatever you do, make sure you da 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 Hello? Hi, Daddy. Put me on speaker. i can got to tell you a secret. Uh, slice one second there. Okay, go ahead. Am I on speaker? Yes, sweetie. You have to speak up though. Zombies are screeching. La, <laughs> la, 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 I am neat, stinky feet. My dad's brain is sweet too. Daddy, listen to what I can do with my boobs. Hang on, Mom wants to say something. Bradley, will you please tell your colonel friend what room-temperature cube slices? <coughs> also, these finger bowls are way too soothing. C Company, fall back. Damn it, Pitt, we just lost half the platoon. Bones have a vibrate setting. What the fuck? Honey, I gotta go. You're not scratching up Mom Jr.'s bike, are you? No, baby, I promise. It's the zombies. It's not me at all. Okay, there's mostly male zombies there, right? <sighs> I mean, welcome to Israel, Meshugana Pit, or as we say in your tongue, Salam Aleikum. Oh, yeah, as we say, thanks. Hey, I came here to find out how you guys are beating zombies. Probably could have done over the phone, but my wife would have kept... (laughs) Is that Tom's chair laughing? Ha! How does Israel always win? Very simple, my friend. We have a protocol known as the Tenth Man. That way... When nine men all agree zombies are foolish, a tenth man pretends it is not. Thus, we alone have walls. Huh. Wouldn't that protocol work with just two dudes? (laughs) I'll get the ten. You know, like X-Files. Ha! You pits. Always with your X-Files. Anyway, I was the tenth man this semester. Thus, I ordered no one in Jerusalem to sing loudly till now. And here we are, our brains safe and unbitten. What about all these extras here singing songs sung blue? What the no, I said close the gates and let no zombies in. Not all. Uh huh. Damn you pit. Don't worry there, tank girl. Pretty sure I cut off your hand there in time. <laughs> we <can> get back. <laughs> Thanks, mister. But they bit me on this hand. <laughs> Folks, this is your pilot speaking. Welcome aboard Air Belarus. Today's movie will be Parental Guidance, featuring Billy Crystal and Bette Midler. Sex- <laughs> Thanks again for choosing our airline over turning into zombies. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Hey, Carla, you checked all the closets and luggage compartments for zombies before we took off, right? What do I look like? Besides, how would a zombie get stuck in a closet? We'd have hurt his ass by now. If they couldn't figure out doorknobs, this war would be over already. Why don't you get off my ass, Larry. Hey, that's a weird, a barking dog. Everyone in first class, A, can you keep it down, please? My wife's on the phone. And two, coach has been taken over by zombies, but don't worry, I have a plan. Stack our carry-ons in front of the curtains. No stone wall, but it should hold them off long enough for me to throw this grenade and suck you all out into the stratosphere. Three, two, one, luggage. <laughs> there, your wife keeps coming on to me. It's giving me the creeps. Don't worry, I survived the plane crash by buckling my seatbelt. Although packing that sharp piece of metal in my carry-on instead of a book was probably a bad call. Uh, This is later. Oh, where? Why am I? What the? Peter Capaldi? In a PG-13 movie? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Fuck a (laughs) DZ. That's Capaldi, dingus. You're not laughing. (laughs) I get it. Well, everybody forgot the plan and made it back here, except for Pitt. How's he doing? Not bad for him. If he injects himself with anything from the left cabinet, he's dead. Wait, our left? Our left or his left? <laughs> Inside non-lethal plagues? Is Lindelof even awake in there? <laughs> Hang on, Pitt's writing something using that light bright. Please tell my family. Damn, he ran out of pegs. <laughs> he just texted me. The rest just says to stop calling me. And so, thanks to my stabbing myself randomly, the human race was saved. Although, even if I died, they could have still gotten. But anyway, we won. But Lindelof just handed me some sheets here that say, The war is just beginning, even though we have a cure. Your zipper's down. And, uh... Yes, honey? Did I hear you just say the war's over? Great, that means you can come home. Oh, no, I've been bitten. He's eating the phone. <laughs> oh, I think she bought it. I'm still on the line. Wait, hang on, Lindelof's wife wants the sequel to be G-rated. She wants the slogan to be putting the animation back in reanimation. What do you think? Uh, how about this? Grade schoolers have been fucked like this since now. The end.
0: <clears throat> All right, so uh there we go. I, I remember there was a time that I, I really was worried that The worst thing we would see this summer would be Superman, or Man of Steel. Uh, I think there's a new contender for that. I can't imagine, for me personally, anything being worse than uh, World War Z. Uh, There's something worse coming, I think.
2: What's the other superhero movie? uh,
0: Pacific Rim?
2: No, not (laughs)
0: Thor. Something really bad's coming. Maybe, well, there's a, there's a kick-ass, two. I mean, things that I, that I actually want to see. Like, I wanted to see World War Z, even if it was bad. I, you know, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see Iron Man 3. Uh, I, you know, kick-ass, two, I have no expectation of seeing that. I don't imagine Lone Ranger, for instance. I, I don't want to see it. that. So
2: that's it. That. That'll
0: be the worst, is Lone Ranger. Yeah, but I'm not going to go see Lone Ranger. Are you going to go see that, Kelly Wong? He's not the superhero? Mm. A, the superhero. And two, we have to see it. It's going to be the worst thing of the summer. I feel like I've seen The Worst Thing of the Summer. No! What? (laughs) Uh, All right, so Kelly Wan, is there any redeeming value in this movie? Because I I resoundingly feel no. I I think this is just absolute trash. It has no understanding of what makes a zombie movie good. Uh, It is unintentionally hilarious. Uh, Even the the big epic action set pieces were just incompetently shot. I just... I mean, Mark Forster has made has done some serious boners like like Kite Runner is so just eared and ridiculous. And even though Monster's Ball, I think that was his first movie, has some some awesome moments in it. There's just some really bad eared bits in it, like Halle Berry's uh, make me feel good sex scene. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think Mark Forster knows what he's doing. And and it's just painfully evident here. Um, I mean, I know it was a troubled production, but. And an unfilmable book. Well, the but book, I think, is horrible as well. I mean, the book is, is unfilmable, and they didn't even try. This has nothing to do with the book, basically. Um, but the book had a couple things in
2: it that I would have wanted to see put to film if I was going to see anything called World War Z. Like, there was a submarine thing, I think, I remember liking.
0: Sure, and there were some cool things in the book about, like, how North Korea dealt with it. and I don't,
2: Yeah, I don't there's zero there. of that. There's nothing from the book
0: right, there's all, the South Africa deal, and I think the Israel thing might be from the book. But, uh, no, the book is terrible, not because – I mean, Max Brooks has some imaginative stuff to say about zombies, and when he wrote the zombie survival guide, it was a great lark, and it was a funny read, And but I just don't think he's a good enough writer to make World War Z worth reading, so, and I don't think there's really anything in, in there that would make uh, a good movie. Um, so, at mm. any rate, so, Kelly Wan, so I, I just, there's nothing here that I really enjoyed or liked or thought was worth watching. Do you disagree, or are there parts of it that you did like, or that worked for you?
2: Hmm. Mm, I wanted to like the plain part, but then by the end of it, I'd sort of broken up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it acts like we've never seen a zombie movie
0: before, or something. I feel like it acts like it's never seen a zombie movie. Yeah,
2: and the PG thirteen was excruciating. Like, really? I mean, there <laughs> none of these sequences work as PG thirteen set pieces. They're all, in fact, the zombie movie can't work. I don't know. There's they get by with it. Like, Walking Dead is edgier than this movie. You'd see more interesting, compelling. Uh,
0: Dingus, can you say anything – is there anything that redeems this movie for you?
1: You guys keep saying that it, uh, it doesn't understand zombie movies. It doesn't understand movies. It's, <laughs> these people have never seen a movie. It's, it's, <laughs> it's horrid. The, uh, how do you make me not care about kids? I don't care about a single character, and the moment I think, oh, here's going to be another character I care about, he's going to slip on a banana peel and shoot himself in the face, and we're going to eliminate any character that you could conceivably care about other than the star of the movie, and you don't really even care about him. You don't care about anything in this movie. There's nothing that happens in this movie that is worthwhile
0: whatsoever. Nothing makes any sense. It's not just that it's not a zombie movie. It's not a movie. Kelly Wand, watch this. I'm going to totally trip Dingus up. Check this out. I'm, I'm about to totally pwn him. Ready for this, Kelly Wand? Here we yeah. go. Okay. Dingus, so you're saying you didn't care about James Badge Dale showing up and briefly doing a kind of a cool thing with his class ring? Oh, wait. Was he in this movie? <laughs> See? <laughs> class ring? So James Dale, Dingus, I think, I don't, Dingus, don't you still wear your class ring or, uh, but there's, there's no, one point sure, where,
1: but he was supposed to be playing a whole other character uh, not just another, uh, not another character, but his character was supposed to have all this other stuff to do. And it's so clear that this movie has been dragged on for so long that these people have to be relegated to things like James Dale had to do. Right. But-
0: people didn't even pay attention to the script.
1: What the hell is going on in this damn, it's not even a movie.
0: See, he's, uh, he's glossing over the fact that he he enjoyed James Badge Dale showing up. Did he? I
2: don't. Yes. I'm not hearing that. Yes.
0: Dingus, I dare you to say. Oh, I didn't even care when James Badge Dale showed up. See. Wow. All right. Definitely not not doing. redeeming value. Because the thing is, like, when, if you're going to waste, if you you, you know James Badgedale, they don't really do anything with him. But uh, the the bigger crime in this movie is having uh, Peter Capaldi. No. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Tucker, is, I think. Yeah, Peter Capaldi show up, and just having him be a scientist who sits there and yeah. looks at a screen—he yeah, doesn't. know if he's
1: not going to get to chew on some scenery or even words, and you have to have yeah. him say some words. Come yeah. on.
0: Well, so that whole—I mean—the thing is that it's clearly—I didn't know this going into the movie, but you could sort of imagine they, they shot the movie, and then at some point they hired Damon Lindelof, who. Uh, just so – I can't believe this guy's still working. It's just – it's all down it's – it's all because of Lost. It's all because Lost did so well. I don't no know. No one liked the
2: ending, and he's called, He's hired in to, to fix the yeah, ending. No, endings. it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter.
0: The the it doesn't matter if people like the ending. What matters is that they suck people in to stick with Lost until the ending. What's he gonna
2: doing? See. What's it like before he gets there?
0: Is it better? Is well, he- I'll tell you what it's like. So apparently, and I, again, I didn't know this until after I saw the movie. and was like, this is crap. What, what were they thinking? So apparently it was supposed to end with a big, huge set piece in, in Moscow. And if you watch the trailer, there's even a line about him going to Russia. Uh-huh. But at some point they cut that and they brought in Damon Lindelof because they didn't want Brad Pitt to be – and he was supposed to be, like, fighting zombies and be this this character who's, like, in in these big battle scenes with zombies. Yeah, like this up.
1: warrior king, like, in Troy or something.
0: Right. So they're like, well, we don't want to do that. We're going to instead uh, have Damon Lindelof write a new third act. And he got Drew Goddard to help him, which is a little surprising because I thought Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon did a fantastic job with Cabin in the Woods. Um, but I see Lindelof's fingerprints all over just that ridiculous third act set in the research station. uh why? Why were we denied a Moscow battle for that, then? Because of the PG-13, Kelly Wand. Because they wanted him to be a sympathetic character and How not... How is I,
2: unsympathetic killing zombies?
0: Uh, do, yeah, it's like Dingus saying, like a warrior king. To have to glorify the violence against zombies
2: We, is we want 13-year-olds to enjoy this, so we're going to add a part where he goes in and, and injects poison into himself instead of kills CG with a fucking axe. What kind of logic is that shit? Linda logic!
0: Uh, yeah, Linda logic and Hollywood logic, I, I think. Um... Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the the whole thing – yeah, and Dingus is right. It's not just a terrible zombie movie, but yeah. it's a terrible movie. And I was even hoping, like, when you go back and watch the trailers, which I did after seeing the movie, I'm glad I did. I'm especially glad I didn't watch the trailer because I would have gotten the impression from the trailer that there were going to be these big, huge, epic scenes yeah. with just these writhing masses of zombies, right. albeit CG writhing masses. Yeah. Um and there's just so little of that. There's almost none of it. And as we sat there through the final credits
1: and each years, just sort of wading through the, the, the many houses of visual effects that were involved, I just kind of sat there thinking, what visual effects? What, yeah. other than a couple of piles of zombies, what was visual effecty?
0: No, you got to paint the smoke over. Uh, by the way, that that Ooh. Philadelphia bit I think was shot in Glasgow, <laughs> so you have to yes. you have to make Glasgow look like Philadelphia, and you have to paint smoke over it. So. You know, you, you know,
1: I really I'm really kind of uh, torn between hating the fact that it was PG-13 and let that be sort of a scapegoat out for uh, Mark Forster because it's not PG-13. It's that I can't tell what the Is going on for most of this movie, and especially at the beginning. And I'm not going to blame that on PG 13. He's not going to get off the hook for that. He can't direct an action sequence to save his life. I can't tell who's fighting who. I can't tell anything that's going on in the beginning of this movie. And I wrote that a couple of times in my notes. I don't know why they got in the RV. I don't know who's attacking who. I don't know what the heck's going on. And the moment I know what's going on is this weird sort of Brad Pitt looking at Philadelphia zombie man, and then all of a sudden, his point of view shifts to above that zombie's head in a gratuitous shot. So the only time I get to know what's going on is a gratuitous shot. I don't get to know what, who's fighting whom, or what the heck's going on. And if you're going to do that for a stylistic choice so that, oh gee, it's all this frenetic zombie violence, and we don't know, it, it, fine. But it's not that. It's just ineptitude. I can't tell what is going on, and that drives me nuts! I,
2: uh, my, my dingus moment where I went, all right, this, this movie is made by idiots is when on the plane, the steward, like they just barely survive. <laughs> and the stewardess is like, Ugh, like my shift's going to be over. like, she's sort of not freaked out or scared. She's like, oh yeah, the dog. Huh. Like, she seems almost bored and yawning.
0: Well, that, that, just, that Kelly Wanda is consistent. Just the characterization of almost every single character in this movie is absolutely inane. Yeah. Um, whether so it's I agree with Dingus. He's right. It
2: wasn't just PG-13.
0: Well, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, the, the action sequences were inept. The characterization mm-hmm. was inept. Um, you know, the fact that they kick the family out uh, because, oh, well, Brad Pitt is dead. I guess you can't stay here anymore. And, and there's some implication they're not going to be safe in a refugee camp. <laughs> And I'm like, "Well, why not? What's wrong with the refugee camp? Why is that an issue?" Uh just the idioticness of the doctor killing himself with a pistol. I mean, maybe if there was some sense of absurdity with that, but it was almost like, "Well, we don't we need to have Brad Pitt be the hero, so let's get this guy out of the way." Uh how the, the you know, the, instead of a set piece of thing, we got a we got a stealth sequence. We had a zombie stealth sequence that ended up turned it, it turned out to all be an elaborate Pepsi commercial. How mm-hmm. Our audience busted out laughing at that, and, and some of them might have oh. been along with it. But when he pauses to drink a Pepsi at the end after injecting himself with Ebola or whatever, and it's this victorious moment where like, and now a refreshing drink. Who shoots that and leaves that in the movie? <laughs> and even, even the scene of him peeking through the curtains. Oh, of,
1: that was awesome.
0: What? The curtains. What? I Did love that moment so much. I mean, what oh. the? Heck? who thinks that that's not absurd, that the only thing separating the top half of the plane and the back half of the plane, you know, where there's mayhem and murder and zombies running and people screaming are those curtains like yeah. we don't know that's happening in there until Brad Pitt peeks through the curtains. And why do the zombies at that moment decide to form a human zombie anthill to get into the Israel wall? What? What the music made them do that? Is and because Brad Pitt has arrived now? <laughs> it was the music. Like it was somebody started singing and that's apparently what what riled them up enough to make those human wall yeah, things.
1: Because they're they're susceptible to sound. Otherwise they didn't know that people were on the other side of that. Yeah.
2: Curtains suppress all sound. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love sad. how
1: Mark Forster doesn't understand that and the smart. dramatic moment is when Brad Pitt is walking down the hall and the zombies are parting, because he totally nerfs it. <laughs> I mean, we know that they're not going to react to right. him. It's he's, he's like he's, this is, I don't know if this is just the, the test case or he, yeah. how, do, how do you not understand that that's what we're supposed to be scared about. And if it's not what we're supposed to be scared about, then don't show us that scene of them pouring down the hall after him because you've already nerfed it. I mean, what,
2: there's, there's you showed us the scene twice,
1: twice already. Why are you showing it again? Because
0: Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> I like Brad Pitt getting pwned by after asking the other guy, do you have a family? <laughs> the other guy's uh, like, I don't know. Then you don't know how I feel. Oh, well, my family got killed by zombies. Yeah. You guys- oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh, it didn't occur. Oh, I'm – I'm. my bad. <laughs> like I that's can be sympathetic. That's, how that's, awesome I that he
1: zombies kicked off the ship and we're supposed to be be nervous about them and nothing is
0: there's they're, they're never in danger at all. Did, did you did you remember where cuz I did, I had to look it up. Did you remember where we had seen Muriel Enos before? No. So she was it said she was another like supportive wife role but but she was actually kind of a cool part of the the movie. She was James Brolin's or uh, Josh Brolin's wife in Gangster Squad who helps him vet the uh oh, the gangster God. squad. She's, She's like the She's pregnant. like, we're gonna sit down. Yeah, they're pregnant. She's pregnant. She's like, okay, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna figure out who's gonna be on the gangster squad. Uh, and she was very lively in that. I liked her. Oh I'm like,
1: but, but, it was so. I know you like that more than I did, but it was so sad to her because she was like, I don't want you to do
0: this. Now let me figure out how you're gonna do this. It was it well, was, no, no, Dinkus, it I don't you want her. You, her deal was I don't want you to do this, but if you're gonna do it, I'm gonna sit down and make sure you do it. You know, I'm gonna be part of it and make sure you you're doing it right. Um, I, I'm not going to defend Gangster Squad, but I, she did catch our eye in that movie. Um, here, there's there's nothing for her to do.
1: Well, well, no, well, here's the thing: I'm, I really like her, and I love Brad Pitt. So let me ask you this: What do you guys think about the way they look? Uh, because they don't look pretty, and I don't know if that's because Brad Pitt is paying is just doing what he does if he's letting himself look like this retired UN inspector who's haggard or if he just doesn't care. I mean, he doesn't look good, and she looks uh, – to me, she looks really attractive, but she doesn't look uh super shiny pretty like, say, Jessica Chastain would. Um, so what's the deal with the way they look? I mean, I like it, I but I don't know if it's Brad Pitt just going, I couldn't care less.
0: I, I got the sense from his performance that he couldn't care less, but I'm assuming it was uh, some one sort of One of my favorite sh- moments was when we're, we're sitting there watching the credits, and I think a credit for Brad Pitt's hairstylist went yeah. up. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, okay, and this scene is going to be tucked behind one ear, but it's going to be forward in front of the other ear. Okay, we're ready to shoot. Go. Get on the set. <laughs> was, More yeah. greasy. <laughs> Uh but I I'm guessing that maybe somewhere at some point Mark Forster was like okay there's going to be a gritty look and the characters aren't going to have had time to take showers so that's our aesthetic. Uh that's I'm just assuming, you know, hey it worked in Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, let's do it here.
1: But see the thing is I remember when we saw Night and Day and I I kind of was happy with the fact that we get to see Tom Cruise looking like Tom Cruise should look at this age, or at least an approximation of that he looks older a little bit older, and I liked that he looked a little bit worn and it didn 't look forced but uh, but I liked that and here it just looks like he doesn 't care
0: uh. well i'm it, it, on that level i 'm with him one hundred percent i couldn't have cared less either Good point uh, uh, nobody i mean these were it's for whatever reason, they didn't really get any actors that we knew, or do much with them. Or you have a, a, you know, that that Israeli soldier who gets her arm chopped off. That's a pretty prominent role. And I just the girl who did it made no impression on me. And there's just nothing with the characters here. There's no connection with any character whatsoever uh, for for me. So hey,
1: does that kid shoot a zombie?
0: The Tommy, the little Hispanic kid. Yeah. Um did he have a gun? I don't
1: remember. I don't know. I, I got the sense and this is partly the P G thirteen. I think uh when Brad Pitt is up against the zombie who spits in his face, um the kid comes around a corner and you hear a
0: gunshot. Oh. Yeah, I Dingus might be right. Maybe there is a kid kid uh inflicted violence in this movie.
1: And P G thirteen is such an inept idea that you can't see a kid shoot something, I think think but i think they're trying to imply that there's so much weird implication that goes on in this movie
0: oh yeah i mean the framing the way it's framed like when brad pitt has to pull the crowbar loose presumably from the other zombies face and it's all off frame when he's treating the israeli girl's severed arm all off frame and by the way dingus i was giggling at that scene because i was like man i feel sorry for the guy who got the seat next to them (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, I was
1: just <laughs> he's buzzing the call
0: button <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. can I move shortest uh, but um yeah just the pg 13 it's so it was just so egregious and it was so obvious that they couldn't show certain things um and, and you know you can't okay. part of a zombie movie is about... How it's literally visceral. I mean, part of the, the point of zombies is this idea of gore and mob violence and being eaten alive and and rotting, decaying flesh and how they're invulnerable to damage. That's part of the idea. That's, that's part of the point of right. using zombies as your monster. Uh, and here, you know, I think part of it, too, is at one point they decided, well... We have this unfilmable zombie book, and and if you haven't read it, World War Z is basically just a bunch of poorly written short stories, some of which have some clever ideas uh, about zombies. Um, so I think at some point they took the book and they decided, okay, this is going to be a political thriller. You know, it's going to be more like a virus movie about a disease. Wasn't um, that either though? Well, I think that's
1: what J. Michael Str-
0: Straczynski was trying to bring to it. Right, and I guess that. I don't. I have no idea what that script would have looked like, but that's not. I mean, there's a reason that Contagion, the 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 Steven Soderbergh movie, is not a zombie movie. Uh. Um, And this, you know, I I think if you're going to make a zombie movie, I mean, part of zombie mythology is this idea of infectious disease and diseases, and zombies can certainly stand in for that. But there's a difference between a track down a disease movie and a zombie movie. You know, Outbreak or uh, so
2: one of the stories in the book was about like a family who was, who goes up to Canada or something and they're in like a trailer park and they become cannibals. Don't they become cannibals or like one of the daughters becomes a zombie and it's kind of, and then in the, and then I, someone I know who'd read the script to this movie like two years ago had said, oh yeah, but they changed it. It's gonna be like the daughter doesn't become a zombie, but you worry that she's gonna be. And then when the final movie comes out, that whole arc's dropped. Nothing happens to either of the daughters, but they're not even on screen. It doesn't show headshots either. Like that's another part of zombie mythology. You're talking.
0: Well, oh, you're right, Kelly. Wong, but they even point it out though. Like they even take the time to explain it. Doesn't James Badge Dale yeah. explain it in the movie? Uh, you have to shoot him in the head. Uh, and he even he doesn't says,
2: demonstrate
0: it he doesn't demonstrate it, but he even says, and again, this gets to the gore of zombie movies. He even says, you know, if you have to shoot their knees out' because then they can't get at you, yeah. it, you know there's this idea of mangling them to protect yourself, and yeah you know, we don't we don't see any of that uh why I don't get it it's so like, like, Kelly Wand, it's this it's movie cost, this movie costs so much money that why? they could why? not afford to release it as an r rated movie. They just didn't trust it enough uh they do, they wanted it to be a big Brad Pitt crowd pleaser and an R rating would have hurt that so you know it's a, the the fact of the matter is it's not the script is not a zombie movie script it's a find the disease script and there happen to be a, a few zombie scenes um, mm. so there you go so i want to as a as a point of reference um, uh I showed Dingus the opening to some of the best zombie movies. And actually, I have a list of zombie movies that I wish we had seen instead. But some of the best zombie movies are actually zombie video games. Uh, And I showed Dingus the opening to one that I feel is one of the best zombie movie slash video game openings. The game itself, I don't really care for. But uh, Sony just released a game called The Last of Us which has some similar problems to World War Z in that the zombies sort of fall by the wayside. Um, but the opening of it is this really great zombie movie, um, and it's a little 10-minute segment, um, and it, it hits some of the exact same beats that World War Z tries to hit in its opening segment, but it understands things that are completely lost on the movie. And I just find it so ironic that a video game is getting correct The cinematic art of of an unfolding zombie apocalypse in a way that World War Z was completely oblivious to. Um, and, And some of the ways are the role of children. Like that's historically been one of the problems in zombie video games is that there's a similarly restrictive ratings policy that video games are subjected to. And in the past, any violence against children is not something you can show in a video game. And that's changing, and part of the reason it's changing, ironically, is because the threat to children is a big part of zombie mythology. You know, zombies do not discriminate as monsters, and part of what makes them scary is that absolute lack of discrimination. A zombie will kill a child as easily as an adult or, or, or an old person or, or whatever. Um, so uh, this idea of violence to children, you can now start to see in uh, zombie video games. Uh, and again, in World War Z, I... You know, I guess the little girl had trouble with her asthma or something, but there was never any sense of peril to these kids. Nice. Asthma, and by the way, silly something else something That's else what are going to do is asthma, really? That's what, not only are they yeah. going to do it, dingus, they're going to do it and then forget about it. <laughs> We're yeah, going to do it and then do nothing it. with it. Although I do have to say I did briefly – this before I realized I was, how awful the movie was going to be. I kind of liked the moment where Brad Pitt is looting the pharmacy and the guy comes out with the gun and helps him. You know I like the reversal no, of that, that
1: that is that's one of the two moments I liked. I like that that guy came out with a with a gun he looks like a junkie he looks yeah. like uh and then it turns out he works there and he helps them I really
2: yeah, and he has it. a daughter with asthma too if I recall correctly well, yeah he explained
0: well I, I don't know if it's because he worked there or because he had one, but he explains how it can go away as they get older and yeah, i loved that little that's moment. Yeah. So Dingus, what else? What else rivaled that moment? Real quick before I go on my video game. Uh, uh, the the there. only other moment I cared about was the moment on the ledge of the
1: building because I didn't understand it until later.
0: <laughs> that took me a minute too. Dingus, go come on, put James Bedgedale Dale and his class ring in there. Make that the third.
1: I'm I'm not, not going to do that because they don't use him, and then he doesn't even get a decent death. He wanders off screen for it, which is totally stupid, and I can't stand not seeing any of that. But the, the moment where Brad Pitt runs to the edge of the building and counts, I didn't know what he was doing until later And when I realized, oh, that's what he's doing. Uh, Can I
0: tell you what I thought he was going to do? I presume a lot of people in the audience thought that. I thought he was timing how long it was going to take the zombie to get to him. Like he right. thought a lot of zombies were going to come running up behind him. And so he had counted in his head because he was a crack UN agent or whatever how long it would take the zombies to reach him. And he was going to jump to one side and the zombies were going to go over the edge.
1: I thought he was doing some sort of weird counting of like how many – I'm I'm doing a statistical analysis of how many zombies are around this building. I had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I thought he was just killing
2: time. <laughs> that's, what we he wasn't acting. that's what we were doing. That's uh, what we were
0: doing. So one of the things that I really like in the opening of The Last of Us that was also completely lost on World War Z, in lost World War Z, us. all this stuff is – what did I say?
2: You said Last of Us, and then I joking – JK said Lost of Us to be funny and interrupt
1: you.
0: Well, Last of Us is the name of the game. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. So uh,
1: lost. lost of Us is the name of Dan- Damon Lindelof's production company.
0: Should be. Uh, hopefully, fortunately, I don't <laughs> think he has a production company. That would be a nightmare. Uh, actually, maybe production. he does. Um, so uh, another thing that uh, – was completely missing from the World War Z opening during all this destruction and the cop getting run over and by the way, that truck running out of control, that was a kind of a cool scene, but that's actually I'm pretty sure that's from one of the Resident Evil games. is during a zombie apocalypse there's a moment where a truck is out of control because the driver has turned and the truck is just plowing through traffic and rolling over people. And it's a great moment in one of the opening of the Resident Evil games and I was just okay, well that's that's what that's Beverly Hills Cop one. That's not a zombie movie, Kelly Wanda.
2: Uh, what? I thought Beverly really Hills. Well, when Brad
1: Pitt says, category. this is our way out of here, and then he drives down that swath that that truck has created, I knew, okay, this is over.
0: And there's also, there's no sense, they get to the uh, the RV, and there's no sense of being concerned or trying to help other people or worrying about what's happening to other members of their family or their friends or just the enormity of this kind of Cataclysm, you, you know, uh, you know, what's happening to the, my office workers? There's no sense that they're all connected to anyone else. They are just the lead characters in the movie that exist in a bubble and all of this, this, this horror and catastrophe around them is of no consequence once they escape it. You know, there's no, hey, let's get everyone we can into this RV and try to rescue people. And, and it feels frankly kind of cruel and inhumane that why aren't they helping other people? Uh, and it's not like it works for the UN or anything. Oh wait. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, So in Last of Us, during a similar scene, the characters are talking about, you know, uh, you you know the neighbor. They're talking; they're they're concerned about the neighbors, what's happened to the neighbors, and they see something, another house burning. They're like, "Oh, I know the guy that lived there," and they're asking about, "Well, so and so works in the city." You know, they're they're talking about are other people that we know okay, and there's a sense that they care about people beyond just themselves, and that's so just clunky in, in World War Z. Um, well,
2: he got someone else goes, hey, what about like all these different people ask about
0: their home cities? And he's all, look, it's all bad. Like right. just <laughs> them. There, there is that. And that even the way it's it's shot, yeah. it clumsily goes from as the act, as the soldier actors bark out the cities they're from. It's like quick cuts to each one saying the name yeah. of a city. And it's just That's like, like they, they shot it second unit and edited it in or whatever. Or, yeah, I remember that scene, Kelly. Juan. It was just so clumsy. Um, these people's stories don't matter.
2: This right. isn't called World War Z. Oh, wait.
0: Exactly. Right. Uh, so I, I just wanted to call out, I, I think the opening of Last of Us is a far better zombie movie and has a similar opening. Oh, and by the way, uh, this idea that when zombie apocalypses happen, they are just going to be random explosions uh, – <laughs> there, there's something similar that's done so well in The Last of Us that it never even occurred to me to wonder, well, wait, why did something explode? Because it's such right. a cool moment and it has such a cool twist to it. But so when I'm watching uh, World War Z and there's an explosion down the street and I just am not interested in what's going on and I'm like, why are they doing this? Just there's a, a moment where I thought, well, wait, what what exploded? You know, are there someone throwing grenades at the zombies? Uh, why was there an explosion like this? And there were plenty of these scenes, too, where just as they're showing a city, there's just explosions going off. You know, like the zombies have explosive technology or, or something. Uh, and I'm, I'm reminded, too, there's an awesome scene in 28 Days Later when they set up an explosive trap for the infected and you see this great shot of of london just completely blacked out with a big explosion but it's such a big shot the explosion is really tiny uh but zombie apocalypse has loved to put explosions in there and it just occurred to me you know what's blowing up why are things blowing up
2: well at the end it and when brad pitt's voiceover is going yeah we're totally winning the war now it's like there's a shot of flamethrowers getting used on zombie ants it's like wait they could have used those before
0: no. no, Kelly Wong, They they didn't have the technology. They had to they had to build them first. Fire. Even by the way, this idea of Brad Pitt like taping a knife onto his hunting rifle.
1: Ah, uh, see, that's, that's why it it's for the end. That's kind of a video game trope too, though. Uh, well, let me just say about The Last of Us um, that there, As we watch the credits, there's three dudes sitting behind us in the movie. And uh, and they were talking about the movie as we watched the credits. And one of them was talking about how many times he was scared. And how <laughs>
2: <laughs> to another guy? Yeah.
1: Uh, the, the three seriously middle-aged dudes. And one of them was talking about, man, I jumped so many times. And I was just sitting there thinking, I didn't get scared one time during this movie. There's not once – and I'm an easy scare. I'm like – I'm a little girl when it comes to horror movies. We know. And, and that's why I didn't... Yeah, of course you do. And that's why when I did my little mini-synopsis, I didn't say anything about horror. This movie is not horrific at all. It's not scary in any way. There's nothing scary about it whatsoever. But when you watch the beginning of uh The Last of Us, there's plenty there that makes me jump immediately, and I immediately care for those characters. I didn't care for a single character in this, and there's not a moment in it that made me jump. Um, So, I I don't... You know, it's not just that uh, the stories are similar, and they're just... Differently directed, it's just the competence is completely different. I don't know who directs the, I don't know how that works. I don't know how video games work with as as far as if there's one director who directs all cutscenes. I don't know how that works. But the way that opening of uh, Last of Us works, which as I sat there and watched it work. It seems like part of it is a movie and part of it is uh, a game where you're sort of moving around and then um, it morphs into a movie again. I don't know how that's worked as far as directing is concerned. But even when the moment where the the daughter and the father and the brother-in-law or his brother are in a car accident, that is so much more effective than the car accident in – this silly movie we just saw, which it it they're driving down the street after this truck, which doesn't make any sense as far as physics is concerned. Well, whatever. But even when they get run into, that's not as effective as it happens in The Last of Us when they get sideswiped in the in that little zombie movie mini.
0: Well, so. it's a matter. It's a matter of, thing, I think of how you shoot a car wreck, what, what your perspective is. And Last of Us, being a video game, partly, uh, but having a lot of cinematic sensibility, understands that you anchor the perspective from a specific point. You experience the car wreck. Uh, and what they did for World War Z is they just staged a car stunt, and they put a lot of cameras around, and they just clipped in footage of us standing outside watching the cars banging around on the street. You know, it's very much the difference between spectating something and experiencing something. Yeah. Um, and, Uh, So what what would we put on the list of must-see zombie movies?
2: Dead Alive. Okay. And the first Dawn of the Dead and the first ten minutes of the remake.
0: Zack Snyder, Snyder certainly with his opening, Zack Snyder knows how to open a zombie apocalypse. There's a lot of clumsy stuff in that remake. And kids right away. There's your kid. Exactly. Uh, Of course, I think the original Night of the Living Dead holds up beautifully because it – you know, it's a character study and it does it very well. Uh, and I even think, even though if there's some cheese in it, uh, Dawn of the Dead still holds up. The mall one. Um, Wait, the, the Romero one or the Zack? The one? Romero one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Definitely the Romero one. Um, yeah uh i am a, i i i think it's ridiculous when people try to claim they're not zombie movies but i i love both 28 days later and 28 weeks later for how they use the same mythology to make very different types of stories very different types of situations um, I'm very sad that uh when Dan O'Bannon died, everybody was like, oh, the guy that wrote Alien is dead. That's sad. And Some people, like you, Kelly Wan, was like, oh, that guy was in Dark Star. He was awesome. To me, Dan O'Bannon was, was instrumental to creating – to sort of furthering zombie mythology with a movie called Return of the Living Dead, which is, I think, maybe one of the first movies to actually understand how absurd zombie mythology is. Uh, You could argue that Return of the Living Dead, which isn't at all a sequel, by the way. It's not a sequel to anything. It's a standalone movie. You could argue that's a comedy. Um,
2: Wait, the one where the two guys...
0: Bert and Ernie, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that one's good. That one's great. Come on. Do you remember how it ends? Yeah, So yeah, idea. that, that, don't, don't say. <laughs> I mean, but I love the ending of that, too. Like, it how are you going to so. end a movie about a zombie apocalypse? Oh, you're going to do that. That makes and sense. It's about punkers. It's like punker zombies. Well, it's very 80s, Kelly Wan. Like, I think that the aesthetic of it and the characters might be kind of dated. Um, eh. yeah. Um, uh, so I another. It you did what? Nothing. Okay. Uh, Another movie that I think also appreciates the absurdity of zombie mythology, and that I think is still an an amazing movie, even though it's arguably a comedy, uh, Planet Terror. Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror. Uh I would call that must-see viewing for for any zombie fan. I guess Evil Dead. I guess zombie with the eye. I guess... I I don't feel that Evil Dead Dead is a demonic possession movie, Kelly Wand. But
2: they're undead, and therefore... Wait... (laughs)
0: Um, zombie, I, the movie. I,
1: you know, I would I would include uh, aside from Twenty Eight Days Later and Twenty Eight Weeks Later. I mean, though, I, I have very little experience in this as far as uh, having to compete with you two. Uh, I know those are supposed to be just infected movies, but I would just say those two. No, and they're then, zombie
0: movies, dingus. They're totally zombie movies. I agree. No tell you that.
1: Okay. And, and then the the only one I would include other than that would be I Love Sarah Jane, which is a short. But uh, I think that that's more valuable than anything you see in the movie we just saw.
0: Very good, Dingus. That's an excellent one. And I bet Kelly Wan still hasn't seen that. What? <laughs> <laughs> the um, dingus see Dead Alive? No. Think, have you seen Peter Jackson's – yeah, it's uh, it's it's foggy, but uh, – I, I
1: don't see oh. movies that are um, juxtapositions of words.
0: <laughs> they don't make any sense when you put the words together, right? Uh, there's a lot of great zombie movies that I feel are smaller budget or either that or too foreign that a lot of American audiences won't see them, and I want to call out a few of them. There's a great Scottish – art house, no-budget indie movie called The Dead Outside that I recommend. Uh, There's an Italian zombie movie – yeah, this is a zombie movie – called Cemetery Man with Rupert Everett? Yeah, Uh, that's known – its Italian title is Della Morte Della More, and I think it's from a graphic novel, Uh, but I think in the U.S. it's known as Cemetery Man. There is a German zombie movie called Rambach. And I think in the U.S. it's known as Siege of the Dead. Uh, I really like that a lot. Of course, from Spain, we have R.E.C., R-E-C, a found mm. footage zombie movie. Uh, and from uh, our country separated by a common language, the U.K., uh, a fellow named Charlie Booker, who does some really cool TV over there, uh, did a, a mini-series about zombies called Dead Set that I feel is classic zombie mythology and very well done. Um,
1: I love Dead Set. I think that's a I I think
0: that's a great choice and that Rupert Everyone's really good too. It's really good. Kelly do you might know this. Uh I have I haven't gone back and watched it, but do you remember that the animated heavy metal movie? Yeah, the one with the plane? Is yeah, isn't mean? there like a World War II zombie bomber mission or something? Or am I misremembering?
2: Yeah. It's good. It's scary. Isn't it Nazi zombies though?
0: I don't... Is it? I don't know. I don't remember. I remember thinking that was the one part that had really good animation in the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and now here's a one for you. Is Invasion of the Body Snatchers a zombie movie? No. They're aliens and plants. <laughs> <Hello. laughs> Frankenstein okay. might be a zombie. Okay. Uh, and as I mentioned, too, some of the best zombie movies are actually video games. Uh, Left for Dead, Dead Rising, Dead Island. Uh, there's a, a western... Game called Red Dead Redemption that has downloadable content called Undead Nightmares, which is a fantastic zombie movie set in the Old West. Um, and if you want something really different, I you that one. You have what? Isn't, it, isn't Chris Kattan in that movie? Well, it's not a movie; it's a video game. Are uh, you talking about I'm Undead Nightmares? <laughs> That's
2: yeah, we talking about it.
0: <laughs> hey, you guys want to buy some cookies? <laughs> That's a reference too. Uh. Uh, And then finally, there's a a game that just came out for uh, the Xbox 360 on Xbox Live Arcade called State of Decay, which is a fantastic zombie movie, and there's a strategy game you can play called Rebuild, which you wouldn't guess from the title it's a zombie movie, but it's definitely a zombie movie, and it's way, way better than Walking Dead, which I am totally not. Walking Dead does some cool things, but you can definitely count me amongst the detractors uh,
2: of Walking Dead. Why? Why? Not that I've seen it in two seasons,
0: but... Uh, Walking Dead, I think, is less about zombies and more about a... is more of a soap really opera nice. about the survivors. Uh, and I, I don't think it's very well acted. I think most of it is poorly written. Uh, there are some bright spots, and I wouldn't dream of missing any of it, just because I'm a zombie completionist. Um, but yeah, I dislike probably about 80% of Walking Dead, and enjoy 15% of it, and absolutely love maybe 5% of it.
2: What's, what percent does Metacritic love of uh-huh. it? <laughs> Metacritic
0: doesn't rate TV, Kelly Wand. Oh, oh wait so. a minute! Yes, it does. Uh, you know what, Kelly Wand? I'll look up. I'll look that up and, and Get back to you. Um, it's right, state of decay, and then what? Uh, and there's a game called uh, Rebuild um, that I recommend. So. All right, did I miss any uh, – Any? I made a list beforehand. Did I miss any uh, must-see zombie movies or must-play zombie games? Kelly Wan, what's some good zombie fiction? What if I want to read a zombie book? Uh,
2: Throne of Bones is about ghouls and also the That's book of obvious. Revelations. One, two, three. La, da, da, da. la, da, da, da. la, got 180 degrees. one, two, three.
1: Search yeah, for
2: Spock. Okay. Oh, reanimator. Sorry. Reanimator's is a great one. <laughs> oh, I heard what just said. Wait, so then the new Star Trek's is on too? it Chris
0: Pine, zombie. Yeah. Except All right, Star enough about TV. zombies. Yeah. We've got we've got way bigger topics to talk. Kelly Wand, what is this week's three by three? Uh, three best uses of cheese. <sighs> All right. Uh I guess I go first. Wait, you got to tell me what you uh, thought of the topic. And... So I don't have much to say about mine. Can I just read all three of them? No. All right. Well, number three is Cheddar Bob in 8 Mile. Who's that? It's <laughs> one of the characters in 8 Mile. His name is Cheddar Bob. I don't know why he's called that, but his, his name has the name of a cheese in it. <laughs> Going to be like that, maybe you should read them all. Okay. Uh, my number two. Don't stop. Don't oh. do that. Don't stop. Oh. Don't,
1: don't, don't let stop.
0: What do you mean if I'm going to be like that? What was I supposed to do with this, Kelly Wand? <laughs> Cheddar You're Bob, come on. That's a ridiculous. Thought. Yes,
2: yes, Kelly Wand. Well, a lot of listeners wrote in, like more than I would have expected, so that means they're better than you because you they took the topic more seriously than you already have. <laughs> they probably even took it more seriously than you. Maybe. That's See. probably. <laughs> well we'll see won't we won't we yes we will you know this should be about real money and that way you would have to do the stupid topics and you might learn a little something about yourself along the way like Freddie, jr did and Topic she's all-
0: cheese should be about real money what <sighs> no three by threes should three by cheese should kind of lost but it's about cheese instead of real money the lost of us remember <laughs> i get it now uh, all right, so there's my number right, three. Center
2: Bob, thanks Tom for your input. There. That's a good one. Come on. No, no, that's not what the topic was about. Dingus, I, are you gonna, see what Tom does? Are you gonna let him? Are you
1: gonna stand for that? You're my backup. You're the it's muscle. Your topic, whether or not I stand for it, is immaterial.
2: Well, let me hear yours, and then I'll know how many enemies I have. <laughs> It's at least one so far. Uh, I'm going to go take. Plus a nap. all
1: the listeners. I'm going to go take a nap. If there's cheese here when I come back, I'll know I have a partner. Better dialogue than one more Z. All right, here's a here's dialogue or here's a quote from my number three cheese quote. <laughs> I know you're doing this for my own good, but the fact is, I'm just cracking about cheese. Brain candy. No, this is from Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. You hear
0: that, Tom? Uh, I just heard the word cheese. So far I have no idea what it has to do with cheese, but yes, I do hear it. Well, uh, Wallace and Gromit,
1: as everyone knows, Wallace is nuts about cheese or crackers about cheese or cracking. Is Wallace
0: the dog or the person?
1: Exactly. Uh, Gromit revives Wallace with something called Stinking Bishop Cheese. And that's, that's a washed rind cheese made from the milk of Gloucester cattle, which in 1972, uh, consisted of a 68 Gloucester breed heifers. The breed has been revived to make production of the cheese possible, though it is often combined and pasteurized with the milk of Freyja cal- cattle from a nearby county. I didn't know that, that we are have to read. Is, is about 48%. But anyway, we're talking about stinking bishop cheese. I want to make clear what cheese we're talking about. And this is the cheese that revives uh, Wallace, uh, and Gromit uses it to revive Wallace, because Wallace is nuts about cheese.
0: Okay, hold on. Let me look up my the Wikipedia entry for cheddar so I can read that out loud to flesh out my three-by-three. Three. number three, just to reiterate, it was cheddar Bob.
2: Okay, <laughs> guess back to what you were saying. What did you say? Give
1: it this straight. Someone revives someone else
0: with stinky cheese. Yes, that's what happens. All right, now what do you think of that, Kelly Wand? Go back I to this. I
2: lost the argument because you clicked something. <laughs> just as I planned. <laughs> you know, Dingus was trying to teach you a little something about dairy products and you just shit all over his cheese stains. How does that make you feel? This was awesome. about movies. about cinema, not about cheese. Well Dingus also, by the way, his his is not a movie, it's a
0: cartoon. It's a documentary about a cartoon. <laughs> I still don't know which one is the dog and which is the person. So by the way, if someone revives someone else, does that mean one of them was a zombie?
1: Oh, nicely done. I like the way you said that. I don't
0: know. Kelly what's your number three pig for a, a three <laughs> an instance of cheese in a movie? <laughs> Say it correctly. <laughs> Your favorite scene about cheese? Your favorite character whose name involves cheese?
2: <laughs> oh. You know, Dingus worked really hard on his number three. And the fact that you... Okay, my number three is uh, the movie Spaceballs, because character Pizza the Hut was the first to instill in me a sense of wonder about how life could evolve on other worlds, or in this case,
0: Venus. Tom's number two. <laughs> My number two is the fondue joke in Captain America. Which one? Um,
1: that, you're such a jerk. Why? <laughs> That's fondue is just one. cheese and bread, Tom. How dare you?
0: <laughs> uh, so Captain America is jealous that Hayley Atwell is going out with Dominic Cooper for fondue, and he doesn't. I don't. I think you only find out later in the movie that he doesn't know what fondue is. He thinks it's like some form of making out or whatever, or maybe a sexual position. There's no telling it what is he thinks. You
2: do it right.
0: Uh, but later um, in the movie, Haley Atwell has to explain to him what fondue is, and he's like, "Oh, uh, he didn't. It's a, he didn't get that reference to to Because he
2: Rogers. is a man born out of time?
0: Huh. Not in not in Captain America, <laughs> not in the original movie. He wasn't. That comes Wait, later. Wait, so they so didn't wasn't. have fondue
2: in the forties or thirties?
0: Well, uh, Steve Rogers did not have it at any rate.
1: Huh.
0: Himself? Yes, he himself. did. That's when it happened.
1: <laughs> Jerks.
0: That reference happens then. Wait, why are you calling me a jerk? Steve Rogers didn't know what fondue was. He just called Captain America a jerk. But it was going on then. It wasn't that it was I know! That's why I said to Kelly Wand it wasn't a a Man at a Time movie. Okay, thank you. Yeah, because you you and I are on the same page against Kelly Wand, because we liked that movie. Kelly Wand didn't. And plus, it's a funny cheese reference when he goes, it's just cheese and bread. That is pretty funny. So thank you. So you like my number two, at least. Kelly Wand, does that in any way redeem my number one pick? Or my number three, I'm sorry, my Cheddar Bob <laughs> reference. Can you predict whether or not that will redeem is number one? It's got some holes in it, but I'll accept it. <laughs> I'm not going to accept that reference uh, in regard to fondue, Kelly. i sorry.
2: Captain America told me that joke last night, and your mom's... Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Captain America is sleeping with my mom? Yeah. That's kind of well, cool. I guess that's not the worst insult I could have given. <laughs> Well, Kelly Wan, your mom is sleeping with the Hulk. What do you think of that? Mine was PG-13. <laughs> Yours is disgusting. Like everything. Kelly Wan, or no, Dingus, what is your number two pick for cheese in a movie? Maybe give us a quote from it.
1: Uh, good Lord, here's a quote from it. He's taking the knife out of the cheese. Do you think he wants some cheese?
2: This sounds more knife-centric than cheese. Ost. But, uh, obviously it's from Phantasm 2.
1: I, I had such hopes that Kelly would get this one. Alright. Uh, so anyway, oh, yes. uh, th- I, I've never seen this movie. I don't know a thing about it. But I know that for so many years, uh, one of my favorite people in the world, one of my college roommates, would quote this. Every now and then he would just say, he's taking the knife out of the cheese. Do you think he wants some cheese? And it's a quote from Arthur. Um, And I have no idea what it means. I just love this quote so much, and I can guess – I can totally get the context of it. If you imagine a guy going, he's taking the knife out of the cheese. Do you think he wants some cheese? I love that. So anyway, it's Arthur and it's that quote. All Uh, right, uh, Dingus referencing. What would you say? Me or Tom? Exactly. And so Arthur is saying, uh, he's he's taking the knife out of the cheese, and then his, uh, I'm, I'm presuming Liza Minnelli says something like, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, do you think he wants some cheese? And so I'm guessing that Arthur is saying, oh no, that man is taking a knife. What are we going to do? But for many, many, many years, I just, uh, I just would say that quote, and I know what the heck it's from, and now because of this Amazing topic. I was allowed to look up the quote and find out what it was from, and it's from the movie Arthur.
0: Dingus. Not, not. Who's there? Algebra. Algebra. <laughs> well done. Uh, our listeners will have to listen to our last week, to our Superman podcast to understand that one. It's not uh, worth it. Kelly Wand, what's your number two pick for a movie about cheese? Or no, it's a scene about cheese? For just cheese. What's your number two favorite cheese, Kelly Wand? My
2: number two favorite movie cheese thing is from the movie Alien Nation when the aliens get drunk drinking spoiled milk, which taught me that to be prepared.
0: Can't believe. Now I can't believe you would be unhappy with my Cheddar Bob pick, considering how much thought you put into your, your number two and your number three. That's excellent, Kelly Wand.
2: Hey, there's a really good callback to that Arthur joke about cheese and bread in yeah. Arthur and the
0: Rocks. What about in the Russell Brandt? Did that did that line make the cut to the Russell Brandt movie? Get it? Cut. <laughs> Kellywan, my number one pick for cheese in a movie is the slice of cheese in Diary of a Wimpy Kid that marks the oh passing my, of the that. seasons. Diary of a wimpy kid <laughs> is not bad as far as kid movies go. I've seen worse, including recently. <laughs> uh Wait, what? So, well, we'll talk about that uh, later. But anyway, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, there's a slice of cheese that somebody drops on the playground, and everybody's afraid to pick it up or touch it. And as the seasons turn, so does the cheese, if you know what I mean. Cheese
2: turns. It's like a cheese clock. Yeah, we should use cheese as calendars, is what you're really
0: saying. They do in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Maybe you should see it. Do they do that in the second one? Is it like, all right, it's even worse? I have to admit I'm not that devoted to the franchise. I saw the first one and decided that I had seen enough.
2: <laughs> Were you waiting for
0: uh, Pitch Perfect 2 to start? <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> Don't equate those two, by the way. Have you seen Pitch what Perfect, Kelly What? Have you seen Pitch Perfect? Uh, I, will not, I will not brook any sassing of that movie from someone who hasn't seen it. I saw the one with Jennifer Aniston. Where she has the mustard slogan. Did you see the one with Gwyneth Paltrow where she sings a duet? I think Paul Giamatti is even in it. The karaoke movie. Oh, yeah. Might even be called duets. (laughs) I've actually seen that. Uh, All right, so anyway, Dingus, what is your number one pick for a movie that has a reference to cheese in one of the lines?
1: All right, here's a quote from it. Mm -hmm. You want some blinking cheese, lady? Get your own blinking cheese.
0: Oh, this is the scene in The Wrestler where Mickey Rourke is tired of working at a at the sandwich counter at the supermarket. Yep. Popeye, Wait, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I was totally joking. Wow, I accidentally got Dingus's line. <laughs> Does he say blanking? He doesn't say blanking.
1: No, of course not, but I'm standing here in a room with my son,
2: so no, I'm ah, not going to say the other word. What? You're standing in a room?
1: Yes, we're in line right now at the post office.
0: He has to know what blanking means. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize that it was cheese because it could have been like a cut of meat or the coleslaw or the potato salad. There's no telling what the straw could have been that broke the camel's back when he was working there. I didn't realize that was cheese. Dingus, that's an excellent pick.
1: No, it's a half pound of Jarlsberg, actually, and it's um, it's. The cow's milk—it's a mild cow's milk cheese from Norway—and the customer keeps badgering him about, you know, how he knows him. You look just like that dude, just older. And at that point, while slicing the the uh, half pound of Jarlsberg, he's also going to have to to get him—I um, think some Virginia ham. But it's while doing the actual pound, half pound of Jarlsberg that he snaps.
0: Does Mickey Rourke? It's either that. It's either the wrestler or some other movie where someone has to work the behind-the-counter deli, does he, like, slice his finger open or something? Is there some gross scene where he cuts himself? Or am I thinking of another movie? In that moment?
1: Yeah, in that. Yeah, is yeah. It, he jams his thumb there, and then he wipes it across his face. But, as ah, right. again and again, it's clearly, I mean, it's such a wrestler move. I mean, he's yeah. calling attention. He's, he's doing something. He's really just quitting his job. But he's doing that thing that wrestlers do where he's calling attention to something else that will get the crowd to look at that rather than pay attention to what's actually going
0: on. Do you guys remember when Darren Aronofsky was going to do a Wolverine movie? Yeah, and Robocop. This would have been awesome. And R rated, mm. I bet. Yeah. Uh. Mm. All right, so there's our cheese topic. Kelly Wan, what, or no, uh, now, our topic for next week, I'm going to introduce, right? Excuse Kelly me, Wand? Kelly I'm my one. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Kelly Wand, was there more to say? And did we even have emails about this? Go ahead, Kelly Wand. My number one
2: <clears throat> is in Zapped when the mouse uses telekinesis to get the cheese, thus foreshadowing how later Scott Bale will use his TK to get a gander at Heather Thomas's milk filled fun bags. The listener's right. I'm so glad we did this topic because it was going to come up sooner or later. (sighs) Fred and Lynn, right? Number three, cheesiest movie ever Howard the Duck. (laughs) There's more. Best cheese reference in a film, Teen Wolf, Coach Finstock. There are three rules that I live by. I never get less than 12 hours sleep, never play cards with a guy who has the same first name as a city, and never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now you stick to that, and everything else is cream cheese. Well, Teen Wolf for you from Fred and Lynn. Number one, best use of actual cheese in a movie, Cracker Jack. Is he thinking of Free Jack? No. There's a movie called Cracker Jack? 2002 Australia. All hell breaks loose when the cheese wheel is used for a sandwich instead of the regulation, cheese and crackers. Did we win?
0: Tom? Uh, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look into that. Peter Haynes writes greetings
2: from the UK. Mez grands fromages. My submission for this week's three by three on cheese is kind of an open goal, but it's the one joke. Steve Martin classic: Dead men don't wear plaid. Uh, as, a clean, as a teenager, I couldn't get enough of the sublime Rachel Ward talking all sultry about daddy's cheeses being used by those conniving old Nazis. Oh yeah, and a plot to destroy Terre Haute, Indiana, amongst others. Stuntman, just don't mention one, Yeah, wasn't it? Uh didn't he have, like, a, at the end, like, a campaign map gets submerged in cheese, Tom?
0: Uh, Yes. <laughs> I just want to hear you pronounce Terra Haute again. <laughs> Terra. What did I say? I don't remember. Actually, Tara- I, 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 you called it Terre Haute, which, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's actually how they say that. I've, I've never had to pronounce that city in Indiana out loud.
2: I think it's in Diana, by the way. But anyway, Paul Weimer writes, Three best uses of cheese. Three, Pizza the Hut. Great minds. Uh, <laughs> he wrote three again, the second one. Remy in Patton Oswalt movie Ratatouille he discovers how to use cheese and strawberries to make strawberry cheesecake.
0: Oh, right. see? There. There's someone taking the topic seriously. Very nice. Sam,
2: Johnny Depp, makes a killer grilled cheese with an iron in Benny and June. Ugh. I wanted it. <laughs> uh, any thoughts there, Tom?
1: I'd use the wool setting.
0: Doesn't in the scene where Jack Nicholson is in five easy pieces is trying to get isn't he trying to get a like a chicken sandwich without cheese or something? What's the scene where he orders from the waitress? You know what I'm talking about, Kelly Wand? You would know this yeah, scene. It, it's uh ham and cheese. But it doesn't it doesn't involve him not wanting cheese and not, not, he doesn't want it toasted or something. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. For the,
1: for the, if you care about that scene at all, then you should watch the comedians getting coffee in cars uh, with, uh, with Alec Baldwin, because that scene is paid off beautifully there.
0: Comedians getting coffee in cars? Is that the name of a movie? I don't know what no, you just it's, said. It's a series of,
1: of little shorts that Jerry Seinfeld does online, and uh, and they're wonderful. But the one with Alec Baldwin is brilliant, and Alec Baldwin messes around with uh, a waitress in the coffee shop where they are, and, they, and he does that whole Five
0: Easy Pieces thing. I would say if anybody can follow on Jack Nicholson doing that, it would be Alec Baldwin. All right. I love little shorts and waitresses.
2: <laughs> Scott Andrews writes Remy in Ratatouille. Uh... Everybody knows the moon's made of cheese, Wallace and Gromit, in A Grand Day Out. That's mm. not the same one Vingus picked.
0: That also, a- also, not a movie, because it's a cartoon, but go ahead. Right. Uh, Johnny Depp, Grilled Cheese, Betty and June. Oh,
2: good lord, it's really? It's a lot. See, the listeners, <laughs> it's weird, because it's like,
0: they listen to us, so you'd think they would hate everything we hate. Is Betty and June any good? Isn't it just some, like, schmaltzy, lassie, house-from thing? I You know, I haven't seen it in forever.
2: Johnny Depp does the Charlie Chaplin thing where his food dance is on forks. Oh, uh, it sounds insufferably precious. In Lone Ranger, he does it with tomahawks and bison ships, by the way. <laughs> uh, Rihanna McLean writes, I think the topic was best uses of cheese. See, people have to guess what I said, even when they re-listen. But here they are, the discussion of head cheese and Texas Chainsaw Massacre... Only makes the dinner seem less comfortable. I'm not sure if it's even cheese.
0: I don't think it is, is it? It's it's an actual head. Uh, Dingus can look the Wikipedia
2: page up for us on that one. Number two, she went with Grand Day Out, Wallace and Gromit.
1: Ugh. What? No, come on. The only reason I chose Wear Rabbit is because I couldn't choose one of the shorts.
0: Because Tom would have. All of that stuff is great cheese
2: stuff. The listeners aren't bound to Tom's police statism.
0: Did you guys love that, that Wallace and Gromit pirate movie, the piratey pirate adventure or whatever that was? Didn't you all love that movie?
2: Listen to Tom's cat. Heckle
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's the best one uh, with Johnny Depp. <laughs> All right, let's go on. Uh, Rhiannon, what's Rhiannon's number one? I'm looking forward number to this. Number
2: one is, uh, many pivotal scenes in Freddy Got Fingered feature, the manufactured consumption of and desire for cheese sandwiches, sausage features, sausages feature as well, but it's more about cheese. I remember that, too. That was going to be one of my runners-up, and then I didn't want to have to, because uh, it was like uh, an allegory, like the cheese represented mainstream entertainment, I think, in that movie.
0: I sort of feel like uh, Tom Green's cinematic career peaked with uh, Charlie's Angels.
2: So when he was banging Drew?
0: Uh, well that was just, they were boyfriend and girlfriend in the movie. I don't think in real life there was anything there. What? Yeah, there was. <laughs> there was. Hmm. I'm just uh, kidding, I'm kidding, yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: go ahead. Aaron Vaughn writes, uh, A special thank you to Kelly for choosing a topic that I've been waiting for ever since I found the podcast. Thanks, Kelly. You're welcome, Aaron. If only Tom felt the same about my choices. Anyway, number three, I'm talking one mean pussy from Mouse Hunt. See, I I was thinking about just going all mouse movies. That's me, by the way. Anyway, even after Nathan Lane and Michael Jetter end up demolishing the mansion they wanted to sell just to kill the only mouse 30-mile radius, the answer to their problems turns out to be string cheese. I didn't see Mouse Hunt. Tom, did you see it? I think I did, actually. (laughs) If you saw Dary of a Wimpy Kid, it doesn't surprise me. Was it good? I don't remember liking Mouse Hunt. Uh, Pizza the Hut. This is number two. And number one, always be the smartest guy in the room from Now You See Me, which I haven't
0: seen. I do like that, that the the Spaceballs reference has outstripped the Benny and June references. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. It was kind of a uh... – never mind. Uh, you
2: see me is my number one choice because I think it holds the world record for most cheese in a single scene when Mark Ruffalo turns into an angry drunk because he can't do his job right. Uh, their audience member agreed they could almost taste the cheese, and some felt nauseous at the scent of curdling milk.
0: When are we getting a podcast on this movie, Tom? I don't know that. Uh, you know what? Uh, maybe we'll do that instead of the Lone Ranger. I'm looking for any well, excuse to not have to see that movie. Well, keep looking because uh, <laughs> Aaron
2: writes. I only had one runner-up, which is Polly Shore's character in a goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of one a Disney movie?
0: Or is the <laughs> description?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, no, isn't it? <laughs> Does he know his name's Goofy? Is that on his driver's license? He, <laughs> he, th-
1: he thinks his name's Pluto.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, thanks for the podcast, Aaron. Wait, wait, we're not done yet. Uh, Gretchen Grassoff. I always wanted to know Gretchen. Um, let me just get to say that name more. Uh, hey, guys, I have to say this wasn't an easy topic for me, but I managed to come up with three, and it makes anxious to hear what everyone else thought. to say. Well, Number three, Ratatouille. Remember me discovering delicious flavors and more delicious when paired together.
0: So Ratatouille is now tied with space balls. Is that correct? I think it's pat- surpassed it. Or it's tied.
2: Or it's behind. Uh, number two, you're lactose intolerant or you have acid reflux. They're different things. Burn after reading. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a chevre.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, I don't that is part. it a good cheese? It's a chèvre.
2: Oh, at that party, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. I enjoy how Harry and Osborne are taking passive jabs at each other over a cheese tray. Harry can t- eat his cheese cracker while still doubting it's actually a good cheese. That is a great one. You know what? That's the best one.
1: I've heard no, tonight. No, it's not. It's not, anything ba- it's not better than anything in French Kiss.
2: Oh, too soon. This one came to me as soon as I heard the topic. I've used this line in my life more than once. Dude, if you get the nachos stuck together, that's one nacho, saving Silverman. Not much to say about this one, really, to speak for itself. I think the scene sets the tone for these two guys perfectly. I love this movie. I think I saw that one. It's one with Amanda Peet's, like, the evil therapist. And they have, like, a Jack Blackson in it and Jason Biggs. Uh,
0: I confused that and something about, isn't there a movie called, like, We're Going to Save Joshua Marshall or something like that? <laughs> no it's forgetting sarah marshall oh which is joshua is is there a movie about someone named joshua marshall or did i make that up
2: That's no, never no one's ever been named that <laughs> all right thanks for the weird topic kelly you're welcome gretchen and then tom there's this thing you wanted to read
0: oh yeah so someone so okay so that's our cheese topic uh yeah. Next week's topic. You guys ready for this? And then we have yeah. another email that I thought we could read. Uh, so next week's topic in honor of the Lone Ranger movie, which if you watch the trailer, it seems like a long CG sequence about a train wreck. Yeah. Um, we we've seen uh, cool things with airplanes. You know, World War Z pretended to do one. Uh, have the airplane zombie sequence. Uh, planes are so modern day. There's this mystique about trains. So Ooh. what I want from you guys are, are scenes with trains. It can either have a train in it. It can be on a train. It can be about a train. Uh, I just want your f- favorite uses of trains in a movie, not necessarily the best train movies, just a specific bit with a train, what makes it cool, why is it cool that there's a train in there. Uh, so tell me about three scenes with trains that you really like, and that will be next week's 3x3. Uh- does the train have to be stoppable? <laughs> Send your picks into 3x3 at quarter to three dot com. It's the number three, the letter X, the number three at, and then spell out quarterto3.com. Uh, and we'd love to read your picks on the air. Uh, next week we will be seeing, oh, it's going to be a surprise after this email. Kelly, Wan, read the email. Uh, I forget it was something about people talking. What's the email that we got? Uh, from
2: RKT Boy. Hello, Tom, and only Tom. Uh, I'm a huge fan of both your movie and game podcast. They are a bright spot in my week, and I regularly introduce friends and family to them. Signed, RKT. No,
0: okay. <laughs> well, there K- was more. Tom. I mean, you didn't have to read that. I mean, I, I appreciate that. That was very cool. But I, I seem to recall he brought up an issue that I thought would be cool for us to talk about. What does he write I-
2: I had the unfortunate experience of having a young girl sitting in her boyfriend's lap next to me during a screening of World War Z last night. How young? Boyfriends, plural? All right. The two were very inconsiderate and proceeded to chat about anything and everything throughout pretty much the whole movie to the point where I really couldn't pay attention for the bulk of the film. In hindsight, I could have been a bit more proactive about the situation and at least asked them to be a bit more respectful, but I did not want to create a scene Neither did the movie. <laughs> I'm sure this is something most people have had to put up with at some point, and I was wondering what your opinions were on how best to handle a situation of this sort. Love the podcast. Keep up the awesome work, James.
0: So uh, I know, James, this is something that we've mentioned before, but uh, I feel it's important enough to talk about briefly. Uh, for, for me, going to the theater, a lot of people are just like, ah, screw the theater. People are talking, and they're jerks, and it's expensive, and the popcorn sucks, and whatever. Uh, I, I really like going to the theater. I mean, it's a unique experience for me. When I'm at home, watching a movie is a very different kind of experience because there are other distractions. It's my own home. I can pause the movie at any time. For the most part, that's good. But there's a unique sort of attention you pay to a movie when you're sitting in a dark theater with other people, and you're... You've got nothing. To, you know, you can't check your messages. Ideally, uh, you've got nothing to do but pay attention to the movie. So I experience movies very differently when I go to the theater, um, and it's important to me. It's something that I wouldn't want to give up. And I'm always a little sad when I hear people talk about, well, I don't go to the theaters anymore because people are inconsiderate. So when James brought this up. I know it's something that we've mentioned before, but James, do not let that sort of thing go uh, without reproach. I mean you, you don't have to be a dick. You don't have to create a scene. There's a way you can talk to someone who's doing that and let them know, hey, this isn't cool. You're kind of fucking up my enjoyment of the movie uh, because if you don't do that, these people are going to keep doing that. They're going to keep screwing up the experience for, for other people. Um, so what, what I do, actually, why don't don't you guys go first? So how do you guys react to that sort of thing? I just sit on her lap. (laughs) Kelly Wand makes it a big old pile on. And how does that work out, Kelly Wand? Mm, Fine till I fart. (laughs) Uh, Dingus, you're like me. We've been in this situation before. What's the best way to handle this kind of thing? I think the very
1: best way to handle it is with the word, please. Just, you just say, Please don't do that. And, and, and if you say it like that, like I'm just asking you something. I'm not demanding anything of you. I'm just saying please.
0: That I think they get well, the idea know. of oh. I think I think Digus is right. A lot of times people don't even realize that it's being distracting. And for me, it's a it's a I, I do this consistently. Um, it's. Uh, a pretty simple process, but it requires a few specific approaches. And Dingus, like you said, the first thing is, if you don't make it an aggressive thing, if you don't just go shh really loud or say, you know, shut the hell up. If you don't make it an aggressive thing, if you make it a request to the person, and specifically, I think it's a two-stage process. You state the problem is, you know, when you talk, it's really kind of distracting, and then you make a request, and you do them both respectfully and you bo- and you don't you know you don't have to be aggressive about it, so in this instance, I would say it's really distracting when you're talking. Could you guys please not talk during the movie? You say that and you phrase it that way rather than making it this passive aggressive shushing or something, or even just dirty looks you know if you, you you state very clearly what the problem is and what your request is, nine times out of ten, the people will go oh i'm i'm sorry and and they 'll sort of i think feel bad about it. Um, and also I feel something important is, uh, make eye contact with the person. You know, if you just like say something out of the corner of your mouth, but if you look at the person and you wait for them to look back at you, if you make it a a genuine moment of contact rather than just something you're saying out of the corner of your mouth or over your shoulder or whatever, I feel people will hear it better. Um, now nine times out of 10, that works every now and then. And I've certainly had my share of these. There is that one time out of 10, where somebody gets aggressive or somebody ignores you. Yeah, exactly. And in that case, you you go out and you get the manager. You know, you say there's somebody who's being disruptive. I asked them to be quiet. They got aggressive with me. Uh, the manager, you know, that's part of their job is to ensure the quality of the experience at the theater. They don't want these sort of desktops occurring in there. and And they'll send someone to either say something to the person or to stand there in front of the theater, you know, in front of the screen to just say, hey. You know, here's a presence from the theater. Someone complained. I'm going to stand in here to make sure you don't talk. Um, I am the manager, Chick. Fuck you. <laughs> well, Kelly, and you know, and sometimes it's, uh, it's happening across, like it's not near you. Sometimes it's something so disruptive somewhere else in the theater. And those are the times that I have, and I've seen other people that I have yelled. Uh, and then you can't really do that whole state the problem, make a request. Then you just have to yell something like "shut the hell up." Uh, and I'm referring, of course, to a moment that I think Kelly Wan continues to mischaracterize, where I was applauded at a theater in Berkeley where they were showing uh, that Will Smith you Muhammad. You applauded. I was applauded. So here's how I, I here's how it went. Kelly Wan has kind of retconned this. Uh, there was there was a there, what, what was the Michael Mann Muhammad Ali biopic? The we things. No, no, that's an actual documentary. It's not a movie. Was it called M? M? Sure, dude. Peter Lorraine, Muhammad
2: Ali, same thing.
0: called Ali. Ali, right, right. So I was seeing Ali in Berkeley at a crowded theater, and there was a baby in the back who was crying. And at one point, I yelled, take the baby outside. Were you the one white person? That's material, Kelly Wand, but yes. And the woman yelled back, shut the hell up. And the audience, (laughs) the audience applauded. But I am convinced. applause, (laughs) I am convinced they applauded me for doing something, for being proactive about this crying baby. Now it took them a moment because they had to register briefly. So. The timing might have seemed like they applauded after the woman told me to shut the hell up. But I am convinced they were all on my side and that they, they applauded my action to yell at this woman with the screaming I'm convinced baby.
2: they were all babies and cheering <laughs> your eyes. But then didn't something happen in the movie where that chick shouted, hey, wait a minute, is he dead? Like she asked a question and you answered her and then you guys were buddies again and then you
0: Kelly, know, yeah. <laughs> I I like your take on the story, but I, I cannot – I cannot vouch for the veracity of that. But <laughs> well, what about whether it happened or not? <laughs> but I do feel, James, that it is important that you don't let people do that sort of thing, or, th- or at least that you don't th- that you let them know that it's not cool and that it's bothering you. Uh, and I feel the same way about texting. Uh, I, you know, uh, people talking. Um, uh-huh. You know, going to the movies is, is in a weird way. It should be this sacred thing, and we should respect each other's privacy and not intrude on other people's enjoyment of a movie. Uh, and I know there are times Dingus and I see something awful, and we are giggling loudly at how awful it is. And out of respect, we try to stifle our giggling in case there are people in the theater who are actually enjoying the movie and who don't understand that it's ridiculously bad during the conclusion of The Reader. That Kate Winslet thing about Nazis or whatever—there uh, was some ungodly ridiculous thing that happened, and uh, Dingus and I were laughing considerably at it, but we we stifled our voice so that instead, this the row of seats was just shaking instead of us laughing out loud, and it was out of respect for everyone else in the theater. Mm.
2: Were you Dingus, have you and Dingus ever told the other person to keep it down?
0: Wait, what? Have oh, have Dingus and I ever been reproached? Yeah, by each other. No, but Di- – well, no, when Dingus is- – I do – when <laughs> – what was it? Where- oh, yeah, when we were watching Superman, Dingus decided – what were the quotes? At one point, he quoted Blade Runner. What's the other point? And I think actually I was watching during World War Z, which was so awful anyway. Dingus actually sang out loud. He sang a few bars of something that was referred to in the movie. Dingus, what was that? You actually sang during uh, World War Z. That's true. I don't know what that was.
1: <laughs> I uh, approached you from laugh for laughing during World War Wars.
0: He did. Dingus did rib me. He sort of elbowed me in the ribs, and I oh, I know. Dingus decided to make a crocodile Dundee reference during Superman. During Superman, when somebody, when I think Zod pulls out his knife, yeah, Dingus goes, Bitch not a knife. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like wow, I really? It. Yeah. Um, but no, I've I've never approached a Dingus, and, and of nice. course, Dingus is fam- famously, you know, he loved when Kirk was revived in the Star Trek movie. Nice. Spoiler. yeah. Dingus goes nice.
2: World War Nice. <laughs> Did he do that during this movie, the zombie movie we saw? Uh, I I, nice. I was just so
0: bored I couldn't even really pay attention to. Well, then you it. don't uh, care if people talk because you're bored anyway. I was wishing more people would talk. Those guys yeah, behind see? us. Right? <laughs> Yeah. See, it's a case-by-case scenario,
2: A. And B, I used to ruin a lot of movies for other people. Like, I'd go and see Sweet November and get drunk with this girl and basically ruin it for the for the couples, the other couples. Right. And so now I'm just paying it forward, so I let other people. Also, sometimes people who talk, they can say funny shit, like, because they're idiots. And so then you'll miss out on those gems if you tell, if you suppress them.
0: For instance, uh, Dingus' famous uh, Stranger Than Fiction moment from uh, yeah, Silence the of the Lambs. Yeah. What if he told her to shush right before that?
2: We never would have
0: had it. So in a way, people should be more ill-behaved. Part of it, too, is – and and maybe this is something distinct to cities like Los Angeles – is you know there are some theaters that are more inclined to – the people go there who are more, I don't know, respectful towards the movies – you know, uh, we have some really nice, a really nice chain here called the arc light. And I've almost never had a problem in the arc light with, with people being jerks.
2: Well, I think it's more, it's not that they're more polite. It's that they know that people who worked on the movie could be sitting behind them and they get fired the next day. <laughs> if they're giggling,
0: uh, because Weird. it's an industry town. Yeah. Right. So, so, all right. So there you go, James, I'm glad you brought me. that up. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for writing us about that. And I pre- we appreciate the kind words about the podcast. Um, all right, so uh, next right. week – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kelly Wand. That was it. Okay. I just want to
2: praise ourselves, pat ourselves on the back for solving James's
0: problem. Uh, next week, the 3x3, remember, will be about trains, and we will be seeing a movie called Byzantium, which – uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess I didn't warn you sufficiently about this, Kelly Wand. Uh, it is a, a Neil Jordan, I believe – You know, I don't even want to say what it's about. So if you get a chance, it's in limited release. If you get a chance, see Byzantium. And, uh, join us for that next week instead of uh, what were the other choices? The Heat or nah. White House Down? Nah. Yeah. I want uh, to see
2: White House Down. I want to opsize that
0: shit. Kelly Wan, we would love for you to do that. So maybe we'll even open with a, with a, a White House Deinopsis, then a podcast about Byzantium. Who knows?
2: Without a Byzantium
0: We could have two Opsis on, on one no, podcast, Kelly Wan. No, no. Or, no. Kelly Wan, you could see both movies and combine them. Oh. Just, just, just thought. Whatever you got time for, Wand. <laughs> so uh, join us for that next week. I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by Christian Malinsky. It's Christian Morosky and Kelly Wand. And it
2: wasn't an RV. It was a PG-13 V. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Bob Diary of a Wimpy Ted
1: Baby go talk somewhere else
2: (laughs) Is that Dirty Dancing?